Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. This might sound strange, but when I heard that the Pac-12 was imploding, I thought a lot about a lot of different people who have connections to the Pac-12 conference. I thought about players who had played in the conference, coaches who had coached in the conference. I even thought about Stanford Steve, Steve Coughlin, on you know Sports Center commentator, segment producer on uh, Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, sports betting analyst, man of the world. Bad beats, all that stuff. Attended Stanford when he was a tight end on the football team. I got to know if Stanford Steve is behind the effort or supports the effort for the Pac-12 conference to stay together. The four remaining, the, the survivors, stay together, rebuild the conference, or scatter and go separate ways. Steve Coughlin, Stanford Steve, joining the show. How you doing, man? What's up, my man? I appreciate you thinking of me and having me on. Uh, been a whirlwind. I was just telling your producer, you, you've, you've not uh, had to look far for content these past couple weeks. So uh, I know what it's like to try in the summer days, man, coming up with content. You uh, the, roll the balls out and, and, and have at it. That's a good job by you. You've done an unbelievable job covering everything. And uh, take the world of your work. You're as dialed in as anybody out there. And, uh, yeah, it's – um. It's unfortunate, man. You know, I, I just it, – it's sad. You know, I just think about – you know, I played in, 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 in some great times when, you know, the Pac-10 was up there. We won it, you know, in 99. We, my last game was the Rose Bowl in 2000. We lost to Ron Dane. Uh, you know, going up to Husky Stadium and, and Tui Asasopo setting a record with 300 and 200 against us and little alone. The next week, we're the biggest UCLA fans in the world, and UCLA knocks them off and gives us a free reign and a free ride. We beat Arizona State and beat Cal. It's one of the greatest things in my life uh, to play the Rose Bowl on my 23rd birthday and, and to think about that it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and it just every way you think, it's just it's really sad because, you know, I played it. I, I, felt, I felt people – in the fans that you know, I think about them. You you feel that's what, that's what makes rivalries. You feel the angst, you feel the emotion, and when you look at across what's happened in the other teams previously that have left, I get it. They they did it for the money, but you know where's that money going? Is that making everybody happy? I don't I don't think so. Uh, and it just leaves the fan. I, I just I, I think about the fans and the players that, that, that invest the time, and you just looking in the mirror, say, you know, this, this it doesn't feel right because it's not right, you know. And, that, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, but it's it starts. With, I, I just think with with brutal leadership, um, you know, especially Reed and John, just about the idea that ESPN came a year ago with the offer just as good on linear TV and the, and the, and the president's having the just no knowledge of the situation yeah. and wanting double the number like that, that that's where it really sticks out. I think it was you that came out, you know, here were, yeah. here's what they were offered a, a year ago, a year ago today. This could have been all bypassed 
and uh, just self selfish, selfless, and not smart leadership across the board in the conference has led to this. The the tell the influence of television. Media in general, and look, uh-huh. it's hypocritical because we're sitting on a radio show, and you work at ESPN, yeah. and I get, I get it, right? Yep. Like, I get yeah. the power of TV, but I also think, gosh, there's tradition, there's rivalries. Mm. I, the, the 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 in the Bay Area, I grew up in the Bay Area. The the early kickoffs when the sun's shining, the smell of the eucalyptus trees yeah. outside outside Stanford Stadium, and and I think, gosh, that has to count for something, right? Yeah. <laughs> You would think so. Like, yeah, think about telling yourself back then that this this possibly was ha- like it, it was gone. It's just poof, and it's gone. There's no preparation for it. You know, like, and that's and that comes down to the leadership. There was no plan. There was no plan for the worst case scenario, and and that's where you know I think about teams. I think about my playing days. You know, you, you practice every guy. Right, we gotta we gotta have this ready. If our quarterback gets hurt, we're, we're practicing for the worst situation. Guys go down on defense. All right, twos, get up there. You're running with the ones today. You know, it, it, it's just a simple basis of having a plan. And they just kept backpedaling. Uh, I thought the lack of urgency during and around COVID, I get it. People were handcuffed in the state of California. But there was no push. There was no, you know, I, you look at other conferences, you know, specifically the SEC, they did everything they could to get those guys back out on the field and get the fans back in the stadiums. And I get it. The circumstances were different, but there was, there was an effort, you know, and I I just look, I look at Stanford now, like we got no president. There's zero leadership. Our athletic director, I I haven't seen a quote from him. You know, is there any update you could give your fans, your players, your program? Um, It's just, it's just really, really sad to see and the timing of it all. You know, the timing, I think, is the one that, that really kicks you because, you know, we, 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 we throw around the term, you know, talking season. We love talking about who's, you know, who's winning jobs right now and who's, who's looking good and freshmen coming in and transfers that are going to help teams out. And here we are talking about, a, a, you know, four teams that don't have a home. There's, a, there's some sentiment now and there's a push now for the four to maybe stay together. And I know the ACC stuff has been bantered about, but in your mind – you know, where does Stanford belong? And you know the mentality of Stanford. Who are they going to be okay with adding to the conference? Are they going to say, hey, no, we're too good for San Diego State, but we'll take Rice, we'll take SMU because of the academics. You know Stanford better than anybody, Stanford, Steve. Will Stanford be okay letting in some schools that maybe don't have the academic uh, threshold because, hey, it's about survival now? Well, that. That's a combination of things that's scary because the previous decisions that have been made have just been brutal. I mean, go back to when they tried cutting all the sports. That was, that, that, that was a bad, bad look. And the wrestling team comes back and says, no, we're, we're coming back. So are they going to be put in a situation to make those decisions? Yeah, but are the people capable enough? You know, I, I just look at across the board, and again, it goes to the lack of leadership. Yeah, there's going to be decisions. I, I don't know if I'm going to agree with them. Uh, you know, everybody has their own feelings. I, I, I just, I think it's 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 a start. Um, I, I still think the, the geographic. I mean, you just look at the the country now and look at the separation of where these schools are. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the travel thing or anything, but I'm just talking about what it looks like. Um, it's a, it's a scary thought. I, I think it's brave. Uh, for those four schools, I think they're 
you know, as you see it, they're the four lowest totem pole in the conference uh, or what's left of the conference. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they got that kind of unity, um, I think it's something to pursue. Uh, it's, it's, they're not going to be guaranteed anything when you're talking about a playoff spot or anything like that. There's, I don't, I don't see how you can be when you look at what your possibilities are that you're going to bring in. Stanford football, when you were there, fantastic. Competed at the top of the conference, great games. Uh, I look back to, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, David Shaw's early years, and I think, gosh, mm-hmm. they were, they were doing, they were doing different stuff. And it, do you think if Stanford had been better in the last decade, they would have be in the position they're in now, or would they be with the halves? Oh, I think they'd be with the halves. I, I think the timing is, is absolutely brutal. I go back to, you know, being in Connecticut when it happened to UConn, uh, you know, when they, when that, that decision, um, you know, they, they, no one would take them because of how bad the football was. Uh, and here we are, what is that about 10 years? You know, they just coming off a national championship in basketball um and you know they they have their foot feet back on the ground but it it takes time it takes time to build it i mean look at i mean as good as it was when we're uh you know we won you know pac 10 at 99 i think it was double digit win uh team in, in 01 coach goes to uh south bend those are some lean years right there man with wall harris and buddy <laughs> Stevens. And, and i mean that was that was bad that was borderline you know, I, I got the remote in my hand at, at midnight on the East Coast, and I, am I going to stay up to watch this beating to, to Oregon? Uh, those were lean, but, you know, Harbaugh came in, and I, that's, I owe everything. Uh, I think everybody should for, for what he did and, and putting his feet in the ground and going after admissions and saying this is the only way it's going to be done. Uh, so I think the timing is, is, is brutal um, for this getting back to, you know, them – looking at what they are right now. They don't even have 85 scholarship guys, John, this year. Like, I, I'm, I, it could be worse at the end of this year for, for what they're going to look like and what the perception is. It's going to be really hard to, to watch this season in some ways, but the football also could be really good. There's five or six great quarterbacks, five or six great teams. From your vantage point at ESPN and, you know, now on college football game day, you're going to be there every week to share your picks and your bets. That's yeah. great. Congrats for that, man. But what kind of season will this be in your mind for the conference? How weird will it feel? How how special could it be? Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. I I, I am so fired up for the season, and and that's the problem. And then poof, it's going to be gone. I I just look at all the storylines you have, and. You know, I, I look at the top. You know, everybody's saying five teams. You know, it, it's Utah, it's Oregon, it's Washington, uh, SC. I put UCLA in there. I think UCLA is going to be damn good this year. Uh, Chip Kelly's won or went to a national championship with a freshman quarterback. You're trying to tell me he, he doesn't know how to do it? And I, no one talks about how much they're returning. Uh, and I love the schedule. They don't play Oregon or Washington. Um, so, and then you got Utah, who just people throw the side. I mean, do you want to talk about – I mean, you they're, they're a team – I was thinking about it. Though, Utah and TCU, those are like the two schools that have benefited from moving conference. Those are like the only two that have success – that have had success in the new place they're going, and here's Utah leaving again. But, uh, no, I, going back to this season, I, I cannot wait. Uh, UCLA goes to Utah early. Um, I, I think Oregon – is in a fascinating situation because this is the stuff I really look at 
because, you know, the connection with Dillingham and Bo Nix, right, he was as good as he's ever been with him calling the plays. And now your new guy comes in. How much do you change? You know, you a new offense coordinator comes in, and he's going to put his stamp on things. But when you look at what Bo Nix does, like, you can't alter him. I, I think you're kind of handcuffed in, what, in maybe some of your beliefs because you got to play to what the strengths are, and, and, and Dillingham got that out of Bo Nix. So I think that's a fascinating situation to watch. I think that's a, a, a huge game uh, for the conference, especially going to Lubbock uh, week two. And, and Washington, uh, as good as a hire uh, and a guy that I, I'm blown away going back to the Indiana days with DeBoer, I, I think the world of that guy. And, the, and you know, I, at Stanford, you know, we talk about it, it, it's going to take time because they have to build the roster up. Washington, I mean, look at what he did at Fresno State. That, that was as bad as Fresno State's been in my lifetime, and he comes in and turns around like that. So I, I think there's so much, and I haven't even talked about FC. Uh, so I, I think there's so, so much good. Uh, and this, this, the problem is, 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 is a lot of the cases, and you know this better than anybody, and I try and explain it to, to, to people on the East Coast, is it's hard to go on the road because, yes, you're not going to play sometimes in, in full buildings. And you go to you go to you know Tempe on a Saturday night, and it's a hundred degrees, half half stadium, and Arizona State's rated like that's their favorite thing in the world. Uh, just playing that thing, you, you saw them get Oregon a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, it's the best surface in the world. Uh, so I I, th- I look at you know a team like Arizona who's going to benefit all that. You saw them do it last year. Uh, so I, I, I there is not an easy step in that conference. Um, but I, I still. I, if I had to pick right now, I, I'm going to go Utah and UCLA play in the, in the conference championship. It's funny. On Pac-12 Media Day, Kyle Whittingham stepped into the radio booth when I was doing the show, and I said, did you see mm-hmm. the media poll? And he's picked third. And uh, he says, what do we have to do? He goes, we win two in a row. we got to win three in a row to get respect. <laughs> what do we have to do? Uh, what, what do you do with Colorado? Over, under, win total, three and a half. Stanford, Steve, where do you lean? Yeah, I – I got to – here's the deal. When I look at these season win totals, John, I, you, everybody has their toss-up games, your if games, like right? There's not a lot on the schedule. Uh, <laughs> I think he could have – I'm serious. I think a successful season – if he can have a successful season if he's three – if they finish three and nine, because you're going to have the stadium packed every week. You're good. you got to be in some games at home to keep the fan base going. My worry is – how bad that roster is constructed right now with what has happened through the portal. And I think week one is a, a bombshell of a game because if they go in and get rolled by TCU, that, that, that's, they're right back to where they were. Like all the, all the hype and all the positiveness Dion has brought in, that is poof gone in one 60-minute game. And how are those guys going to react when they go back, they watch that tape, and now you got a hungry Nebraska team. Like, that week one game for Colorado, I think, is a huge tipping point. You have to show some signs of being dangerous on offense and, and being able to score at least. But I think TCU's uh, pretty – I thought they did a great job. I think TCU is a team that actually upgraded the offensive coordinator. I, I like Kendall Browse uh, compared to Riley. Uh, they're going to be more, more sound. And um, I think that's a really, really tough spot that could get sideways for Colorado in week one. And I, I would lean I, – I, like I said, I think three and nine is, is, is fine with what they are. So I would lean towards under three and a half. 
week four, Colorado will go to Autzen Stadium and play Oregon. And Dan Lanning, you may have heard this, but I want to play this for listeners who haven't oh, heard yeah. it. He's asked about Colorado leaving the conference. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. You remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. <laughs> Do you love that? Do you hate that? What do you? What's your reaction? Oh, I love it. I love the edge that Landon comes uh, comes with. I saw it when he was at Georgia, um, being at a bunch of their games. And I, I, he is definitely. I mean, you saw his team play with that. Uh, that that game could because is that before or after Colorado gets SC? I that's think the week before Colorado. Yeah, yeah Colorado plays yeah, Oregon. Like that, Oregon then SC. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that might be the toughest back to back in the conference all year. Uh, so that could be. I mean, that, you're looking at possibly giving up sixty back to back weeks. Um, and you know, Oregon if they're I mean, that's other in Colorado. You, you know you're out. You're, that's great. But it, I'm t- in this day and age when people could put a statement and, and put another touchdown on the board, you don't see those starters come out. Um, you're going to have Bo Nix trying to, trying to get some more stats for, for a player of the year possibility in the conference. That, that's going to be an ugly sequence uh, those two weeks for Buffalo, the Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, I, I love what uh, Lanning said, and I, I love the edge that he's brought to that program for sure. Steve Coughlin, Stanford Steve with us. Uh, uh, I mentioned uh, ESPN College Game Day. You're going to be doing uh, some some best bets and some gambling uh, talk on mm-hmm. that. What's what's it going to be? What will you be adding? Well, I'm also going to talk football and X's and O's. Like, I've just been <laughs> berated because we put the betting in. Like, everybody thinks I'm going to be on the show and everything's going to be, hey, uh, this team's given seven. I am going, I, I am a fan of the sport. I watch tape of games. I know who the players are. Like, I could talk. Well, I've sat at the desk with, with McAfee and Herbie and Dez before. <laughs> I did it at the Rose Bowl. I did it at the Peach Bowl. I did it at the National Championship. Like, I, I know I, I, I'm a follower of the sport. It's not just going to be gambling. So that's what I'm most excited uh, to do. There's possibility uh, of me getting out and going to interview some players. We've talked about that. Um, I will have – I mean, they just threw it in my face. You're going to have six picks. Six is a lot, especially – when I'm looking at that week one board, there's not a lot to pick there when you're looking at multiple 30-point spreads. Uh, and that's a, that's a tough one to get off, uh, get off the, the, the deck with with a week one slate as, as looking as it is. Um, so, no, it, 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 there'll be some spreads. I'm going to have some stuff up my sleeve to throw at the guys on the desk with some spontaneous reactions uh, to try and catch them off guard that uh, only the Proosters and I will. Um, I, I think I'm going to have a, a setup um, – off off the set, uh, where where I'll have my six pack of picks, and I, I think we're talking about a refrigerator with some old Madden stickers uh, <laughs> that that will uh, hopefully make pe- some people laugh. So um, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it, man. Like you, you guys know, I mean the diehards out there, you wake up, you know, at six a.m. to watch that show on the West Coast. I did it in my plan days. I, I never missed that show. It was always, hey, is Herbstreit going to talk about us this week? You know, hey, we're red hot. I, hopefully game day does something on us. There was always that angst, and, and I just the energy it brings. I think it's the face of the sport when it comes to TV, uh, and and what they just look at what they've done, and look at the reaction and the crowds they get. Um, it, it's been a it's been a goal of mine to be a part of that show forever. Ever since I started at ESPN in 2004, I did the game day radio show where I was able to travel with those guys for about four years uh, and got a taste of it. 
Uh, used to actually, you know, we would go on at noon Eastern on the radio. I would go over and watch it just to, you know, get that energy because uh, nobody nobody does it like that show does it. And I'm just I'm, I'm fired up to be able to just to bring what I have to the table and, and enhance the, the knowledge and, and, and uh, hopefully some winners for the people on the show. I love it. And I love that, you know, look, congrats to you. And, you know, I love having you on the show once in a while. Don't big time us when you yep. turn into like big ESPN game day guy, you know, and they got your face on, on the side of the trucks and all that. But we love we love having you on. I, I know what it takes to do radio every day. I did it for about oh, 11 years. So uh, I, I know I know what it, especially like I said, in the summer, guys, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. Uh, when you're, when, when you use up all those vacations, you're back and you got hosts, uh, you know, in and out of their vacation. I've been there. I have so much appreciation. There, there's nothing like building that rundown for a radio show. Uh, it, it really challenges you, challenges you from a creative standpoint, but I also think it brings out the best in everybody because when you get a group of guys and, and girls that work together, it, that, that's what it's about. You learn what people don't like and you know how to catch, catch people off guard but you also know what makes you really good. And uh, you've done that for a long time. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. And um, it's, like I said, even though I'm, I'm, I'm on the – I am the East Coast guy that stays up to the end of Pac-12 after dark. Every Thank week. you, man. So, Love uh, that. There are, there are some of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Stanford Steve, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Good luck with everything, and I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. There he is, Steve Coughlin. You can catch him, uh, obviously, with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN and – you will now see him on ESPN game day, college game day on the weekends. Uh, he's joining that crew, and he'll be a regular. Leave it here. We're going to go to the Big Sky Conference next. Tom Wistersill, the commissioner, will check in. What's new on the landscape? Seems like it's changing. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.